thank you very much this week uh, for joining me, ladies and gentlemen. Um, my name is Landis Brewer, host of the Views Podcast, and um, I wanted to give you a little bit of an insight into this week's episode. Um, it is a little different than what you know you all have been accustomed to when you're listening to the Views Podcast. Reason being is because I do not have a guest. I will be the the host and the guest this week, and. The concept actually comes from one of my favorite novels uh, titled Conversations with God by the author uh, Neil Donald Walsh. And um, what the novel was about, it was a it was about a guy who, you know, had many questions in life. And um, what he did was he would write, you know, letters to whoever that he was irritated with or whatever his wherever his mind was. He would write a letter to that person or thing. And then as he, you know, time went by as he you know, continue to write, he started to answer his questions back. And I thought that was really, really interesting, you know, because, you know, one of my mentors always told me that, um, you know, some of the answers in life, we already, you know, know it. It just depends on the, the state of mind that you're in, um, the willingness to receive that information and and the uh, humility to to say, hey, I'm, that is reality, although I don't like it. But that's reality. So um, I hope that you guys really like this uh, this episode. It's something that I've been contemplating on for a while um, on how I should deliver it. And I just decided I'm going to do it. You know, I, I love podcasting and um, I think a lot of people will be inspired by this episode. Maybe other podcasters. Um, I would like to get your feedback just like every other episode. So please, please uh, don't hesitate to reach out. And I hope you are. I hope you all enjoy the episode. So tell me, what 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 does your paradigm in life look like right now? Like how how do you see the world? <laughs> Damn, that that's you don't think that's a little too hard, man, to start the show? Nah, nah, I just well honestly like to get your perspective of how you see the world. Okay, well you asked for it. Um, at twenty eight years old, I I'm, I'm definitely an optimist. When it comes to, you know, how I see the world and my perspective on things. But, man, uh, you know, it's, since I turned probably 21, I feel like I've been on an acid trip. Um, and I think it's just a revelation of what reality is or life is um, compared to what I I thought previously um, or prior to, you know, the age 21 has completely, you know, changed. I'm talking a complete 360. And um, that, I think I'm still adjusting to. And it is kind of hard to, you know, for that to just kind of resonate with me because, you know, change is not something that um, as a human being we, we enjoy, or not all of us. You know, that's not something we look forward to. You seem to be very knowledgeable if you actually, <laughs> if you're coming to me for help for your well, these uh, questions. So, um, but yeah, how, how, what's your perspective? Let's let's get back to it. Well, we we where where do you want me to start? You know, I I, I can go religion. I can go, you know, sexuality. I can go political. Where where do you want me to start? I think, you know, start where you feel comfortable. Okay, so then I'm going to attack the elephant in the room. So I'm 20 years old and I'm living on the East Coast in America. And I don't think there's a more political reason in the country just because of um, obviously uh, you have New York City, you have Washington, D.C., you have Philly, some of the most uh, some of the most impactful cities in the world. But. The reason why these cities um, have so much influence is because of the amount of people that's there. And wherever you have a lot of people, you will always have some division. And I think for somebody like me who likes to see myself as a free thinker, it's so disturbing and it's so hard to be in a place where I can't actually create and I can't focus and I can't you know, be around like-minded people who 
who said you can't be wrong? Well, the area, the area, like in the D.C. metropolitan area specifically, this is the area where, you know, that has tons and tons of creators of all types, of all walks of life, from, you know, from musicians to artists to, you know, to soon to be medical students to people who have different aspirations. But I just, I just, I just don't get how we're so divided. Okay, so when you say divided, what what do you mean by that? Well, I mean, anything. Just go online. Go online, go through a message, click on a controversial topic and go through a message or like the messages and just read how disgusting people can be to each other just because they don't. Just just simply from having different perspective or or a different viewpoint. Like, I knew a, a family you know, in Reston, Virginia, that was probably one of the most giving, I mean, <laughs> man, I'm I'm limited with my, with my descriptions today, but they were one of the nicest families I've ever met. They were a Caucasian family. And prior to, prior to living with them, I never, never, never had an experience of what it was to be around a white person for more than a day to live with one, to to experience with one, to you know, to break my daily bread with one, and and uh, what I realized from this family was they were they were just not a good family, but they were just like me and my family. And goddamn, I'm African. They were just like me and my family. The main difference was their experience, their their circumstance. Obviously, finances, they're in a different country, so they have different uh, economical problems than we, you know, me and some of my families will deal with overseas. But what struck me or what, you know, caught my attention was I had all these preconceived notations before going to live with them. And once I got there and this is a guy, this is a family that honestly, they voted for Trump they, the father's a self-proclaimed redneck, you know, and I'm not going to put any names out there. But what confused me about that time also was they were such good people. The only thing that was off was just the views that they had didn't align with mine when it came to when it when it came to talking politics or morals, you know. So it's funny, their actions align a lot with mine you know when it comes to doing my best to be a genuine fucking person without you know trying to be Gandhi while I'm at it you know but they were really good people they had everyday struggles like me and my family did obviously like I said we have where we were in different economical classes so uh, the the financial part was there was a difference but they had the same struggles. They had the same problems that go that went on in the homes. And to me, I was so thrown off because since I've been in America and and um, obviously growing up in the black community, you have you're being told of certain things about, you know, white people, which about 95 percent of it is true, by the way. Oh, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Like, honestly, like, honestly, most white people are really shady they they are robotic they are they are um you know everything with them is almost calculated or it seems like you're judging them at the same time trying to compliment them <laughs> Nah, that's not what i'm doing i'm telling you that um just because a person have a different perspective than me or they believe in something different than i do or we have different viewpoints on a controversial topic I don't believe that's enough for me to actually hate somebody and turn against them. Now, do you think that happens? Do, do you see that happening? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because that same family that I told you about who voted for Trump, but who allowed me to live with them probably a whole year without paying rent. They took care of me um, for whatever reason it was. I was really good friends with their son, but didn't didn't have to do that. And it, until I actually got the chance to experience them and live with them and and um, obviously the circumstances, I would be indebted to them because they were helping me out. So one might say that I'm a little biased or I'm, you know, I'm, 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 
I'm only seeing things from one perspective. But no, I came in as an Afrocentric, closed-minded. Their son was my best friend, but he was a dude who was, quote-unquote, woke as well. So it wasn't like I was walking with a normal white dude. But I came in with my beliefs and my thoughts and his family just by living with them for less than a year. I was able to realize that they're just like me and my family. The only thing is they have different political beliefs. Well, you don't think you're answering your question? You're answering your question there? No, I, it's, it's more of a statement, if you ask me. You know, it's more of a statement. I don't think it's a, a question. You asked me, you know, if I, um, you know, what's, what's my paradigm? What's my view on life? And I'm trying to give you that. So uh, the point that I'm trying to make is that it, it's crazy that I'm 28 years old and I can see that in this world, you know, you can't judge somebody so much by what they say or that or or or, you know, what just comes out of their mouth in an emotional time. Because most of the times when we speak in a in a in a time of exchange, it's 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 emotionally based, even if you're 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 stating facts. Mm, wow. You seem to be a scholar. No, man, I'm just a guy who reads a lot of goddamn books and and I talk a lot and I listen and I'm always on Instagram. So that's probably why <laughs> I'm coming off as, you know, the, the most knowledgeable, knowledgeable person in the world. But that, that's not the case. But I'm glad you're humble about it because at the end of the day, you're still having a conversation with your, yourself here. So, yeah, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, continue about the family you were telling me about. Yeah, so the family, um, after moving out of their house, uh, I went through a stage of, I went through that um, stage of still trying to find myself because I think I had an identity crisis at the time. And, and you know, to go back to the story, what I appreciated about that family, they helped just shape my paradigm a little bit. They tilted a little bit. Um, and which led me to honestly deal with people on a one-on-one basis, I, I don't on an individual level. I don't deal with, I don't, I don't meet people, and then I, the assumptions that I have, I had of you, I start, you know, making it come to, come to, come to light before I even get a chance to interact with you. So that's one thing I was so thankful about living with that family for. <clears throat> excuse me, is that um, they were just able to give me another perspective, and unknowingly, like they didn't know that. You know, I probably had issues or I had, you know, tension or I had, um, you know, maybe some resentment towards white people. They didn't. They opened the house to me. And, you know, I knew their views. They probably knew my views because of the way I carried myself and how I expressed myself in the house. But not one day did I ever, would they ever make me feel uncomfortable because, you know, I liked Obama, which that's a whole conversation for another time. But because I liked Obama or that I'm a Democrat, which I'm not. But these are the, the preconceived notations of most black people in America. You know, is that you're a Democrat or you vote for, you know, the Democratic Party or, you know, the, the most blackest candidate. And I mean, that's not me. You know, I'm, I'm strictly fucking logic when it comes to politics, which is why I do not get involved in politics. Mm. Seem a little political there for somebody who doesn't believe in politics or doesn't get involved. Well, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, I, 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 I try to stay away from because you see the really, you see some real ugly sides of people, man, when conversations get political. And, and the reason why is because, you know, when it comes to politics, most people fail to realize that, you know, the president or all, the, all these figures, that's literally all they are. They're just a symbol for an organization or a party. And and when you can actually look at somebody and hate somebody so much <laughs> just because of their views on something and just because it doesn't align with you, I think the problem lies on us. Is that what you really think? Yeah, I believe that wholeheartedly. I I think that um that um as an individual. The responsibility falls on you when you receive information. If you're just going to go with the information, listen to it and absorb it and let it be part of your thinking or your reality. 
Are you going to research? Are you going to try to gather information and use your own mental? And I realized that thinking, although it's something that we do at all times of the day, but when it comes to critical issues or issues that matter, I don't know if it's a lack of faith that we have in ourselves or the lack of belief, but we would rather go with what everybody else is saying instead of thinking for ourselves. You know, critical thinking is something that, um, you know, I think it should be, <laughs> critical thinking should be a class that's offered to everybody, man. It's, it's, it should be mandatory because um, the lack of attention or the lack of wanting to research and, and gather true information is why I believe America is so divided. And um, and that's where I was alluding to when I meant um, that I cannot just hate somebody just because their political party uh, different. I mean, it's, it's different from mine. You know, I, I can't. And I know people I've seen people in this world who are the best of friends. I mean, absolutely have no issues with each other. These are people who coexist on a normal day, you know, on each other's after work, you know, softball teams. And as soon as Donald Trump became president, I started to see people show their true colors and I can't judge them. Well, why can't you judge them? You're already doing it. Well, you know, if, if I guess everything is a judgment these days, but the reason why I can't judge them is because I believe the reaction was emotionally based, just like most things are, you know, especially if you're passionate about something was emotionally based. Now, am I saying that um, I support Donald Trump or I'm okay with him being president? Mm, not really. I, I could give a shit. I could care less. But as a 28-year-old, I have to care. I'm at the age where, you know, my opinion matters. My views matters in the world, and I have to care. But I'm just saying it's very, very tough in this area um, to actually meet logical people who do not just go over the grain and and um, and dare to to think for themselves that's rare and so you know in the last few years i've caught myself attracting to people like that or gravitating to people like that naturally um i'm meeting friends and people who are like-minded who are open to having you know civil discussions who are able to have and who are open to having um conversations that don't end up with you know them and me being at odds or you know want to hurt each other or want to wish bad for the other person. I love people like this. And the, the the older I get, you know, I find myself just naturally, you know, aligning with those people. But, you know, it still feels lonely at times, man, when you feel like you're in an area where, you know, people are, are so divided. But the division to me, it's it shouldn't be there at all. And not saying that you're not entitled to your emotions or your viewpoints, but I believe just like anything else in life, we should be able to have that discussion and move on from it. Because the the, the tough discussions are needed. Like, that's the only way breakthroughs happen. These discussions are needed, but it should not be a, it should not be something that le- makes us lead the conversation wishing bad for the other person or hoping that something tragic tragic happens to the other person. And I think that's where I draw the line and where I choose to before I accept anything as a as a as a truth or reality. At these I mean these days I do my research. You know, you told me Obama, you know, cured cancer yesterday. You know, as a black man, I'm oh yeah, fuck that. I'm I'm happy, but nah, I'm gonna go do my research and try to find out, you know, when he cured cancer, if he cured cancer, and what was his reasoning for curing cancer. And before I form my before I form my, you know, assumption about, you know, him or form my opinion, but it still would not make me hate somebody. So that that's my view of, you know, politics and how I see it. I don't get involved because I feel like people are it's 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 mostly ego based. The the agenda is not usually from the individual, it's from a party. And I believe that until we actually get down to the dirty and actually, you know, address issues that really matter 
and speak on issues that really matter and not just, you know, kind of cover up things and try to keep everything. So try to generalize everything. We would we would just stay in the place we are, you know, and that's in a state of confusion. That's in a state of hatred. That's in a state of um, of trying to marginalize certain groups. That's, you know, in this in the state of we're going to keep us in a state of denial, which, you know, the majority group in this country, I think that's that's the issue, is is fighting that denial, you know. And so, you know, you talk to a black man, a black man in America would tell you, say, you know what, the white man has not, you know, said sorry or or um, or paid for, you know, the the damages that was caused by slavery, or they haven't done anything to try to bridge that gap. And a white man would say, well, you know, I'm not, you know, that. Slavery was about 300 years ago when, in reality, fucking Jim Crow time was less than 80 years ago. So, you know, I think that's the balance in America is how do we how do we get the black men help? You know, how do we get us taken care of mentally? Because, you know, people don't understand what happens when somebody goes through trauma. And 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 the thing it, it goes it passed down through generations. You know, as my first guest, um, Noemi, uh Kaomi, you know, alluded to, trauma is something that doesn't just stop in one generation. If it's not addressed, if it's not taken care of, it's gonna you know, it's gonna pass down in in, in genetics. Okay, Mr. Philosopher. <laughs> I'm just listening to you here today, man. But um, yeah, I, I I see your perspective on politics, and um, I I agree with some of your points, and I disagree with some of your points. But I think that's the um, that's the point of you know what you want is to be able to agree and disagree, but still go out and get a hot dog afterwards. So, um, I respect that. So. Let's talk. Let's talk religion. I feel like that's something you've been dying to speak on. <laughs> religion. Yeah, that's that's um that's a conversation um I don't have with most. I think I'm only speaking on it here today is because I'm having this conversation technically with myself. Whatever. But um what's what's your um or first of all, are you religious? I'm not that's such an awkward question. I I'm gonna give you the, the sexy answer and that's um or the common answer these days and that's that I have a spiritual life. You know, I'm not gonna say I'm spiritual. No, I have a spiritual life, I have a private spiritual life that I take very seriously and I appreciate. But I wouldn't say I'm religious. I'm I'm religious, excuse me. Okay, so and why is that? Why wouldn't you say you're religious? Well, the reason is, first, I grew up in the church. You know, I'm a, you know, as a Western African kid uh, from an English-speaking country as well, Liberia. Uh, Liberia is mostly is predominantly Christians, and uh, my father, my grandfather, was one of the first Methodist pastors ever in the Western African region. So. Um, my grandfather had 10 kids, about probably four of them all became pastors. And, you know, my dad probably could quote every Bible verse in the in the Bible, just like everybody else in my family. So that was something that um, I was very, very, you know, um, open to as a kid. And it was it was ingrained in me, honestly. I, being a Christian was never a choice. It was never something that was an option. It was something that, you know, I remember... You know, once I could start being more aware, you know, of myself and understanding the world, I've always been a Christian. So I never, ever thought to to, you know, trust my own experience. I never, ever thought to, um, you know, to too fast to spend personal time with God because, you know, I already knew the rules. I knew the Bible verses and I understood what the um, the standards were for being a Christian. I understood what the expectations were. And um and I think it served me well for, you know, at, at the time. 
So if you think that religious, I mean, Christianity brought you so much structure, why, why are you, why would you say you're not religious? Well, two things. I, I have my, my personal relationship with God is like this. And I think we all have this right on earth. Just like I cannot tell somebody who goes to church that, you know, your ritual or what you're doing or your method of worshiping is wrong. I can't tell somebody that. I couldn't tell an atheist that, you know, him or her not believing in shit and thinking that everything in the world, the universe is random, is wrong. I, I can't do that. Why can't you do that? Well, because I, I, I'm not in that place to call it. Like the the idea that human beings really believe that we have, we have an understanding of how God works. I mean, it baffles my mind. It, I'm like, how is that possible? And that's where I feel like religions fell short. Honestly, from Christianity to Islam to like, if I was religious, I'll say this: I would probably be a Buddhist. Or I, you know, I'll probably practice Buddhism. And the reason why is just there, it's, I perceive it as more of a lifestyle that you're, that you're trying to obtain compared to, you know, all the other religions where it's just rule books and very biased as well. If you notice in, in most of the religious texts, I mean, texts and scriptures, they're heavily male, you know, they're biased towards males um, I mean, as I read the Bible over time as a kid growing up, I never realized just how biased the Bible worked to men. And I'm a man, so I should be happy about that. But, you know, I never know. I'm going to have a daughter one day and I wouldn't want to tell her, you know, I wouldn't want to tell her that, you know, her existence is, you know, is second to a man. So um, I don't have a problem with Christianity. I don't have a problem with Islam. In fact, I think in this world, you have the right to worship whatever way you choose or to have a spiritual a personal spiritual life and experience it whatever way you you like but when now when that when that belief makes you start to disrespect people or hurt people or judge people harshly or become a hypocrite then that's where i fall off the train Hmm. wow sounds like somebody i know you're talking about me Nah, I'm just I'm just interviewing you, man. Okay. Well, yeah, and um, so I have some of my best friends, you know, are Christians. I have some of my best friends also who are, you know, Muslim. Those two big, uh, you know, two big religions, religious groups. I actually have many good friends who are affiliated with those groups, including my family. But what made me just kind of detach from it and just choose to go to a spiritual route of just trying to understand my personal relationship with God, with the earth, with this universe here. I felt like religion, organized religion limits that. The idea that we believe that we understand how our creator thinks or how our our creator you know, orchestrates the universe or how it creative functions. It's to me, it's, 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 it, it's mind boggling. And I hate that thought. And I think it's just the, the arrogance and the ego of man to just say, listen, I am okay saying that I do not know how our creator works, but damn, I know there's a creator because this universe and how perfect and how everything is right on time. It seems like it is. It cannot just be a mistake. And so if I was to talk to an atheist, which I went through that stage at some point, I went through that stage. You know, I won't I won't shame an atheist. I went through the stage. I understand how maybe an atheist can be an atheist. But I believe the world is too, 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 too magnificent and beautiful and perfect. And how, you know, from human beings, nature to humans to the stars, how everything, man, is just in the system and it just controls itself and it, it doesn't need a human being to to um to have to turn it on and turn it off. I believe that's magnificent. And I and I'm okay saying that I cannot even comprehend how a guy like that works, but I do know that creator exists. And my goal, my personal goal, 
would be to get closer to that energy to try to get a better understanding but not get to a place where it's like i want to understand to control or to you know give off my explanation to the world i just want to be in a place where i can be with god and i can walk quote unquote with god and i don't have to give an explanation to somebody else but my actions and the way i carry myself will speak for itself and that's how I believe you can influence, you know, people in this world more than just trying to tell them that, hey, listen, there's the first commandment. There's the second commandment. You know, if you're gay, you're going to hell. If, you know, you don't repent, you're going to hell. I mean, man, not taking shots at anybody here, but the Bible, the Bible and the Quran is very contradicting. But I do understand that it's needed because in this world, try telling somebody, listen, everything you believe in, right? Everything you believe in this world, especially about God. It was all passed down by another man. Like there is nobody, it's never been documented, there's nobody who's ever walked this earth. We have no proof that anybody who's ever walked this earth has ever had a conversation technically with God, like how it's de depicted in the Quran and in the, in the Bible and some other religious groups. You know, and, and I feel like that's trying to marginalize God. That's my problem. I'm not like I went from being a hardcore Christian, which I believe at that time, actually, I was a horrible fucking person because everything I did, I knew that all I had to do was give, I mean, was um, submit to God at the end and say that I believe in God, Jesus Christ is the Lord, my savior, and I'm going to go to heaven. That's the weird thing. I was a monster. It's crazy. I was a monster when I was a Christian. I just never realized it because as you're, as you're growing up, you know, you're, it's normal to be stuck in yourself. It's normal to be caught up on just you. But I never realized that when I, when I detached myself, you know, from how I, how I saw Christianity and my perception of it, when I detached myself from the entire culture, I found myself healing and becoming a better person and getting closer to God. Now, I used to go to a, a, a Liberian church in Reston, Virginia, where the pastor was... This lady, I admire her even to today's day. She's one of the most influential people I have ever met in my life. And, um, you know, me and, me and her relationship, I don't know what is there anymore because I haven't been to that church in so long. But, uh, you know, this lady, the words of wisdom that she shared with us every Sunday, I would leave that church feeling like I could... God, I'm five seven by the way, but I could leave that church feeling like I could do a windmill on top of the White Howard because she was able to inspire men. And when I mean men, that's general, you know, I'm that's human beings. But she was able to inspire human beings. And I feel like in this world, what we need to try to do, instead of trying to just control people's way of thinking and how they how they see God and tell them who God is, we need to allow we need to put people in a space where they can experience God and where they can experience humility and where they can experience hardship and where they can experience good, bad, jealousy, all the emotions, everything, because I believe all that is part of God. You know, the idea that, you know, that uh, jealousy or anger or hatred, all these emotions are not needed. That's bullshit because all that is part of God. When people say, you know, God don't like ugly, God created ugly, technically. God created all aspects of the world, you know, but try sitting with a hardcore religious person and telling them that God created all aspects of our existence. So even the even hatred, like most Christians or, you know, people go to church and we tell them that God created the devil, you know, or in a way God is a devil. They will, they will freak out or probably go off on you and, and probably stop talking to you, you know, responding to your texts. And that's happened with me with friends. But I'm I, I'm very direct with things like that. So that's why these religious conversations, I don't usually have them because um, I don't believe we have arrived in that place in society where somebody can say, listen, I love God and I have a, a relationship with God, but I'm not going to allow, allow you to label it or tell me how to experience God or tell me what God likes and what God doesn't like. Like we're all human beings. Nobody sat with God at a table and God told them all the rules. That's not possible. God is not a man. He's not a woman. He's not nothing like that. 
you know, and these are once again, truths that may also, I'm also open to somebody proving wrong, you know, because that's okay. You're, we're supposed to think God gave us, the creator gave us the ability to think. That's why we have one of the most magnificent things in the universe, which is our brains, you know? Wow, man, that was a lot. That was a lot to get off your chest. Now, did you ever have any resentment now towards your family or friends? No. Mm -mm. I, I never had any resentment to my friends or family members who, you know, practice, you know, their religions. I more find myself isolating myself away from them and just trying to build my spiritual life so that I will be able to be around those people and not be, you know, not feel unbalanced or not feel uneasy because, you know, they're doing, they're practicing a, a, a religion that, you know, I don't agree with. So I feel like that was the only thing that happened was I detached myself away from, uh, isolated myself away from, you know, friends and families who were heavily, you know, religiously influenced because I needed to get to a place where I could be able to control myself around them and not, you know, walk around with so much resentment towards them and all these things because that would be natural as a human being. If we don't like something, we naturally resent it or we hate it, you know? And and and, and that's something, you know, I, I, I caught it myself, you know, from mindfulness and meditation. I caught that I had this thing of when you didn't agree with me, I hated you or I took it personal. And then I realized that how can I hate somebody just because of a disagreement on one topic? And that's what... You know, I told you earlier about me not getting involved with political conversations and things like that because, you know, people will allow one event or one conversation to make them turn against somebody that they would in other, you know, in, a, in another time be completely, you know, okay with. So, you know, the religion thing, I could go on and on for days, but I feel like these are conversations that are meant to be had by individuals and, um, but this is an interview. Yeah, yeah, but this is also me talking to myself in the interview, so I, I'll leave it at that. But um, like I said, in this world, we all have the right to worship who we want. We all have the right to worship in whatever way we want, as long as you're not causing harm to anybody or, you know, you know, putting judgment on somebody that, you know, doesn't agree with your viewpoint, then I believe it. Go for it because we're all entitled to that right. You know, people who still really want to believe that a blue eyes, blonde hair guy from the Middle East died on the earth, died on the cross of everybody who's ever existed from every time period. You know, go for it. I, I can't tell you. I can't tell you, you know, like what you believe is wrong. You know, but I would hope that you wouldn't tell me that means choosing to not just affiliate myself with any religious group. And just have my personal spiritual life. Or my journey, that's what I call it. Then that's where the problem lies. So I'm not anti-religious. I actually really believe that, you know, you know, church and going to the mosque and all these things, they are very, very, very um, important for certain people. Because my mother is a lady of strong, quote unquote, faith. And my mom, you can never tell her that Jesus Christ didn't help her get that visa to come to America. You know, so and that's where she gets her source of strength and and, 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 and and energy. And I would never want to to make her not see that space there or not make or make her feel uncomfortable about that space. So, you know, I, I definitely, you know, I, I support my family and I support, you know, whatever way you choose to express yourself in life. And even when it's in a way that I don't agree with is all is all yours. So that's where I'm at with religion. But I could definitely go a lot deeper, but I think that's for another day because it it, it, it turns it can quickly turn into a, okay, well, I'm going to hit you with all the facts as to why God doesn't exist, but then that would just be me being an, an atheist. You know, I met a young lady um, a few weeks ago who she told me that she was an agnostic, and I that's the label I put on myself for the longest, but I once... Uh, later decided to take that label off because once again I feel like I'm putting myself in a box and I'm and I'm attaching myself to a late to a certain label which means that no matter how much my thinking evolve I will always 
be attached to that label. So an agnostic is what I would say I am. You know, I'm a guy that, you know, I'm open to anything. I just need some proof, you know, but I'm open to anything. But the quote-unquote spiritual world is where I believe that, you know, unless you your mind is in the right place or unless you have a certain viewpoint on life or perspective that will allow you to see things differently, you won't. So that that's my take on religion, man. Well, thank you for that. That was very lengthy, so <laughs> thank you for that. Okay, so last topic we're going to touch on today um, would be sexuality. What's your um, what's your first of all? What's your sex? What's your sexual preference? Well, I like girls. If that's what you're asking, and um. <laughs> I've never not liked girls, if that, you know, if, if that makes you, if that kind of clears things up. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm in quote unquote, I'm straight. I, uh, as far as I know, I've never had an urge to ever be with a guy. So I don't think I'm, I'm bi, but I have no issues with, you know, whatever the hell, you know, you want to do with yourself um, or your sexual preference, because I know God damn sure I would be annoyed if a gay person made me feel uncomfortable for liking a female or made me feel like an outcast because of what the hell I was doing in my bedroom. Hmm. Well, do you think the culture that's, that we're living, that we live in now, do you believe that, um, you know, it's all about expressing yourself sexually or people are just trying to, you know, get some form of attention or what is it? You see, I mean, it's, it's just the thoughts like that, 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 um, you know, that, that confuses me because I, whatever, listen, as simple as this, whatever you choose to do in your bedroom, why should that matter to me? Like, I, I just don't get that part. Like, I am not homophobic, nor am I, you know, like, you would never catch me at the gay parades, you know, repping. But I have no, I have no uh, problem with it at all because it doesn't affect my personal life. And so I think you have to really look at the, 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 um, the intentions of people or the reasoning behind why, you know, they are so resistant to, you know, a person wanting to marry a same sex or a person wanting to change their sexuality or a person wanting to, you know, now, with the whole, with the whole, you know, transgender thing, I'm a human being, and I can tell you, I'm still adjusting to that. But am I, am I close-minded to it? No, because who, who am I? How can I make that call? How can I tell somebody, whatever you're doing with, what you're doing with your body is wrong? Because what I've been taught since I was a kid is that this is the right way to do it. So what you're doing to your body is wrong. I'm not in that position to make that call because damn well, if I was in that position making a, de- a, a decision that's going to affect me for the rest of my life and I was being told by everybody else that it was wrong and that I was this or I was being crucified basically for my sexual preference, I would be annoyed, you know, because I, I know damn well that there's no way I cannot like girls or I cannot be attracted to girls. And I, and I want to believe now, you know, I want to believe that a person who says they're gay, you know, obviously a lot of things happen in people's childhoods and genetics and things. A lot of things contribute to um, a person's sexual preference. But I just don't see why it's such a fucking big deal in America. I feel like a lot of people in America or around the world, and I, and I will say this, even America does a better job of accepting sexuality, you know, of your own choice. Um, compared to foreign countries. Like, I know back home overseas, like, even being gay is, is something that you're not proud about. You're probably hiding it still because it's you not accepted. You know, you look in the Indian, you know, cultures, you look in the some African cultures, Asians. Like, being gay is not something that is celebrating, like, anywhere outside of America. I can tell you that. So I will give America its credit. That America, you know, as problematic as we may appear or as divided as we may appear, 
I still believe, man, that this is probably still the best country in the world for opportunity and for quote unquote freedom. You know, I think people believe that freedom means, oh, yeah, I can go out and do whatever the fuck I want and nothing will ever happen. But no, like travel to another fucking country and come back to America and then you would know what freedom probably means. You know, the way we go about obtaining and maintaining our freedom, you know, that's for a whole nother podcast. But it is still the best place in the world for opportunity and the freedom of honesty, religion, speech and all that shit that we hear about. That shit is reality. Now, the price that we have to pay, it's definitely paid on another level. And like I said, that would be for another podcast. But when it comes to like doing way, doing way, I'm so happy and proud of that guy because his son recently decided that he wanted to identify, quote unquote, as a female. That's his fucking choice. Like, that's his fucking choice. Now, where I draw the line, if I have to be opinionative in it, is that if you're a transgender, you know, you have to know that that comes with with certain responsibilities. You have to be aware with things that will not be tolerated. Like, if you're a transgender boy, you're not, I mean, you're not going to use the same bathroom as a girl. Like, things like that, that's where I draw the line because that's putting other people's lives and safety at risk. That's where I draw the line. And that's because it's concerning somebody else. But what somebody wants to do sexually with their body or like their sexual preference, it matters to me not at all. One bit. It matters. It it, it has nothing to do with me. And so the time and effort and energy that people spend on discussing that in America, to me, I think is it's ridiculous. Why do you think it's ridiculous? Well, because it's not our business. Well, you know, a parent who has a kid in school, you know, who their daughter may be competing with a girl who was formerly a boy, they might feel like that affects their lives. Well, I agree with you. And I'm saying that's where I draw the line, that there should be responsibilities. There should be things that are, you know, being taught to somebody who's making a choice to switch their gender that, listen, these are still the responsibility. This is still, you know, what a society expects of you. And and these are, you know, laws and, and and bears that you just can't cross and you just can't grow over. But what you do with your sexual life, that's none of our business. And I feel like when we get to that place in America, that's where change will start happening. But am I bashing people for being reluctant to this? new idea of people choosing their gender and all this bullshit no because to me my personal view is that no it's not nature it's not normal like man and woman have sex and you produce you, you that's the reason we have these fucking sexual organs it's a goddamn reproducing though you know some of us take take advantage of it because it feels good but that's the point of it but for me to tell but that's once again that's information that has been told to me since i was a kid so that's just my paradigm that's my perception that's not exactly a, a transgender person's reality you know so like i said i'm not you know i still believe that you know men are for and women is how it should be but am i fucking god no excuse my language but i'm not god and i'm not gonna tell somebody that hey you guys you, you two ladies together, you know, you're going to hell. Or you guys, you two males, you know, having a sexual relationship, you're going to hell. Like, nah. Like, there's no fucking body on the earth who's ever spoken to God and God told these people these specific rules. And, and this is what will happen because the Bible contradicts itself so much. How can you preach about love so much? But in, in the church, you'll find some of the most hatred, some of the most darkest heart, hearted people in the church and in the mosque and in some of these, you know, these, these, you know, these other religious groups. So, um, you know, I know people will be kind of shocked hearing this on this episode, you know, that they'll, they'll probably say Landis is okay with people being trans and nah, I'm just okay with people being who they fucking are. And I, and if it's not affecting my life, I don't give a shit. You know, I care about people's safety and their well-being, but other than that, like whatever you do with your life, I've made hella questionable decisions in my life, and I'm sure that many people would advise against. But I'm still here today, 
um, February 17th. I'm still here, and I'm still the same person. And um, and I'm looking forward to um, to the to the future. Honestly, I've had uh, an up and down past year, but um, I'm very grateful because uh, my barber told me that uh, Nana, shout out Nana, my guy named Barry, he told me that uh, as long as you have life, you know your circumstances can always change. Um, I'm whole. I'm sure that many people who listen to, you know, who follow some of my podcasts, you guys heard that quote before. But let that sink in. As long as you have life, your circumstances can always change. So that means even tomorrow, my views today might change tomorrow. And no matter my circumstances, no matter what I'm going through, no matter what it is, it's never going to last forever. Happiness doesn't last forever. Sadness doesn't last forever. These are just experiences that we should all be thankful for. So as a black man in America, what is your advice to the community? If you had to stand in front of, you know, black people in America or even worldwide, what would you tell people? Hmm. That's a good one. I would say that, um, you know, first of all, I'm proud of us. I'm proud of us, all of us, because um, more time than never, you know, we're progressing and uh, we're finding out our truths. We are, we are creating again. We're going back to our, our nature, you know, as creators uh, on this planet. And I would say that um, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people fought for the freedoms and the privileges that we have nowadays. And um, we just have to continue the marathon and not get distracted by, you know, by just silly events and topics that, you know, it doesn't benefit us in the long run at all. You know, that's my only advice to the black community is that I love you, you know, and I hope we just continue to educate ourselves, to better ourselves, to nurture ourselves, to get the, you know, the help that some of us needs in order to be the best that we can be, you know. Whatever it's mental health, physical health, taking care of yourself, it should not be something that should be shamed. You know, guiding your mind and looking for the truth is not something that should be frowned upon. You know, I think uh, our our abilities, the world and most, you know, a lot of other races, they know, you know, they know the capabilities of the black man. And that's why for so long, you know, we've been kept down. But I just ask that, um, you know, we stay united. And, and this seems political, you know, but I, I ask that we stay united. We stay focused. We stay driven, we continue the marathon, and we learn to love in a healthy way. That's what I would tell black people.